Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hello, everybody, and good morning. This is Pastor Max. I'm filling in for Pastor Tom Doherty again today. If you tuned in yesterday, you heard all about Boise Harvest from the man himself, Greg Laurie. Pastor Greg was on, and he told you exactly what was going to happen, gave us a little history of the event and what is going to take place. And again, that is coming up this weekend. It's going to be the 23rd and the 24th. It starts at 6 p.m. It's going to be at Extra Mile Arena, and you can find all the details on that everywhere. Go find a bumper stick. Go to the website. You can go on your phone, and I'm sure it will pop up at some point because you need to be there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time. So please, please, please invite your friends. Again, he said, it's not a Christian concert. It's not a conference. It is geared for those that don't believe. So invite your friends that don't believe. And he was talking about how uh, they just have so many people come to Christ every year. It's an awesome, awesome thing. And so you're going to want to be a part of that, and you're going to want to be there. Well, with that being said, as Pastor Tom is out, we're going to open up to the book of Matthew this morning. We're going to be in Matthew uh, 28, and we are going to talk a little bit about the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When, he, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so when we look at this scripture, we're really probably pretty familiar with the Great Commission. We've been told it several times. Again, we have entire events like the harvest that are dedicated to this mission, that the gospel would be presented to people. Like Jesus said, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But a few things kind of stick out here. In this, again, where it says the 11, they went to Galilee. They went to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And as they were there, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And so as they're worshiping him, right, he's come, he's there. Jesus is there. As they are worshiping Jesus and looking at him, it kind of reminds me of what Jesus has said all along. If you dig back into the Old Testament, when it talks about the Son of Man in Daniel chapter 7, and then as you get into Revelation uh, chapter 5, it talks about people worshiping the sacrifice lamb. And so his disciples are there, and they're worshiping him. They're worshiping him because he's God. He's defeated death. And it said, but some doubted, some doubted. And Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus right there is leading us to that confession that Peter made that he's Jesus, he's Christ, he is the Lord. Right? Like that it's putting in perspective the gospel message. He's trying to lead them to this idea that he's not just being worshiped uh, because he's just some guy. No, he is being worshiped because he's God. Remember, it's prohibited elsewhere in the Bible all over to worship anything except for God. And he says, baptizing them in the name of the Trinity. So when we baptize people, we still do this. We say you're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
This is referencing who God is. God has relationship within himself and desires relationship with us. And so he, because he is a relational God, has relationship with us. He embodies this in himself, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're all there. They all are God. They're three persons, but one God. And as we were talking about a little bit on my show that happens on Sundays um, at 10 o'clock, when we were talking, me and uh, my good friend, Pastor Ron Heath, um, I actually think the show is coming out before that. So tune in Sunday to, to hear about that. We were talking a, bit, a little bit about this idea that, that Jesus isn't separated. Jesus isn't just merely man. No, he was fully God in man form. This is God stepping out of heaven to rescue us. And he's commanding us to go out and make disciples. And I think this is key, and this really ties into yesterday's program very well when we were talking through uh, the partnership with the local churches. This harvest is an event that comes in and shares the gospel, but it doesn't leave it there. The church picks up, the local church picks up and plugs in with those new believers. So if somebody makes a profession of uh, faith in Christ Jesus, they're getting followed up with, they're getting invited to that church, and hopefully they will be discipled. Notice what it says here. It doesn't say make converts. It doesn't say say make merely people who, uh, you know, think about the God. It make, makes disciples. There's relationship there. And that's what he said was so important about this thing is the partnership with the local church and plugging in is that that's our job. Our job is as more mature believers, people have come to faith before some of these other people and are starting to get an understanding with the guiding and directing of scripture and the Holy Spirit. We are to disciple people. We're not just making converts. We're making people who are mature in Christ. It's a different word there. Jesus had disciples. They followed him alone. And this would have actually made sense because the structure was used throughout scripture a lot more than when just Jesus talked about it. Is that there would be a rabbi, which means teacher, and there would be a disciple, which means learner. And so in the Jewish culture, as they got through a certain portion of kind of their schooling, some people would pick up a trade, others would go on to more schooling, and you would basically beg to find a rabbi and to follow him. And so when Jesus shows up and he says, make disciples, make people who are converted and then learn, make people who are learners of Christ, who can observe God's word, who, who know how to pray, know what the sacraments are about, who have been baptized, who have been walked with for a season. When we do that, we're fulfilling the great commission. We're partnering up with these people and we are on mission for God. Again, that's why the local church is so important. We're not supposed to do this alone. We're supposed to be amongst believers so that we can continue to make disciples. And so as I was kind of thinking through this portion of uh, scripture and thinking about what a disciple is and reading a lot about discipleship, Jesus does things completely backwards. Like I said, in their culture, you would find a rabbi and you would go and beg them to let you follow them. Like that was how the whole thing worked. Jesus didn't do that. 
Jesus walked and picked his disciples. And then he goes and dies on the cross and then calls all of us disciples who have stepped into this new covenant with him. He went and rescued his disciples. We're not going and begging to follow God. He says, you are dead, and then now you're made alive because I have rescued you. You cannot rescue yourself. In order to be a disciple, you need to be a Christian, somebody who is born again, like he says in the conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. That's where we get that term, born again believer. He says you have to be born a second time. It's not merely enough to be born and be in physical shape, but you need to be born spiritually. And how does that happen? Through the grace of God as he dies on the cross. In fact, in that section with Nicodemus that we were covering on my show on Sunday, we talk about the analogy that Jesus uses with the snake uh, from Numbers chapter 21. Moses was out there, everybody's grumbling and griping. He hangs up this bronze snake. As he hangs up this bronze snake, everybody looks to that snake, and whenever a snake bites them, that was the kind of the, the you know, they're grumbling, griping. These snakes come along and they bite them and then they're poisonous. And so they have a whole slew of issues and death and everything. But if they look to the bronze serpent, they're saved. Jesus compares himself to that story. And he says, you're going to look at the son of man lifted up and on this cross. And so when we see that and Jesus talks about that, it gives us an inclination on what we have, the fact that we're dead, but now we are alive in Christ. I mean, how truly remarkable is that? We, as Christians, have been given the grace of God so that we don't have to be dead anymore, that we can be alive in Christ. And so when Jesus tells us to go and make disciples, what he's saying is just simply be obedient to what I've called you to. Open up your mouth and give the gospel. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is what's changing lives. God's word is still powerful and alive. It's nothing that we are going to do in and of ourselves. We're merely showing up and saying, Jesus, make me a part of your mission. That's what's so cool about the gospel is it's not I have to, it's I get to share this thing that I know that I'm excited about, that Jesus is alive and that they can be alive too through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to change anyone. Only the power of the Holy Spirit can do that. When Jesus was walking in his earthly ministry, uh, one of his last, his last miracle besides the resurrection was raising Lazarus from the dead. He reanimates Lazarus. And so as he raises him from the dead, it's really the end of his public ministry to his private ministry, Jesus' ministry for those that he loved. As he raised Lazarus from the dead, there's a really interesting portion of, of scripture that's in there. As he calls him out of the tomb, as he calls him out of the tomb, he still has these grave clothes on. He's still wrapped up from being in the grave. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't unwrap him. He invites people to be a part of the miracle. He says, okay, unwrap him. He's not dead anymore. Well, guess what, friends? That is our job too. We don't save anyone. But Jesus is inviting us into the miracle that is salvation as hard hearts become softened to the gospel so that people can be redeemed. We get to be there. We get to say something. We get to be a part of it. 
How incredibly cool is that? Well, that's all the time we have for Life Points. And again, be out at Boise Harvest. Go back into the archive and listen to the show from yesterday if you want more information on it. It's going to be a great time, and we are going to see a revival. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. Life Point is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.